is Doing Translational Research, a podcast from the Bronfenbrenner Center for Translational Research in the College of Human Ecology at Cornell University. Hello, this is Carl Pillemer. I'm the director of the Bronfenbrenner Center for Translational Research, and I'd like to welcome you to the next edition of our series, Doing Translational Research. Uh, In this series, we talk to people who are somehow involved in doing research or evaluation in real-world settings, uh, and we look at the links between science and service, So, and we're happy you can join us today. And I'm especially happy because my guest is Dr. Brian Leidy, who is a Senior Extension Associate here in the Bronfenbrenner Center and uh, the Principal Investigator of what we term the Military Projects Program. And what's a very positive thing about Brian from our perspective is he's held earlier positions in the real world uh, as a child protective service caseworker, child protective supervisor, and director of child welfare services. The military projects uh, are a very interesting program here in the center. They began about a quarter century ago and have included research activities involving family advocacy and services in the United States Army, the Marine Corps, the Army Reserve, and the Air Force. Um, A lot of what they do, and Brian will tell us more about uh, in the military projects, is to develop outreach and public awareness materials, create training and educational materials for professional development, and conducting needs and assessment and evaluation. Uh, And Brian, thanks for joining us. Um, so, uh, you know, I wonder if we could maybe start something, you know, even though we know one another, I haven't heard completely. Are there special problems or issues uh, that military families have that make this kind of a, of a program important? Working with military populations is, is very, very different. Um, it's probably one of the most unique communities that you're going to find, um, in the United States. Um, military, uh, communities are probably the most racially, ethnically, culturally, socioeconomically diverse communities that you're going to find. Um, it, it creates a lot of advantages, um, but there's also a lot of disadvantages working with a military uh, population. For example, they tend to be very mobile. They tend to relocate every three years. Um, there's a lot of family separations, and what we do almost exclusively is work with military family support programs, um, and almost exclusively our funding comes from NIFA, USDA. Um, so what, what we do is not so much typical evaluation projects, although we do some of that, efficacy studies and, and that sort of thing, um, but most of what we do is program evaluation, process and outcome evaluation, and, and um, needs assessment. Because of that, um, we are focused on what's going on within the programs. Most, most of the family support programs we work with um, are very effective, and they do a very good job at what they do. Where they run into challenges or difficulties is engaging the, the target uh, audience uh, for their programs and, and their services. So. We're focused a lot on those kinds of issues. Um, what are the barriers um, to engaging uh, folks? Um, 
what are the characteristics of the, the target population that makes them easier or more difficult to engage. So we're, we're focused more on those kinds of things than the efficacy of a, a program or a service. Outcome evaluation is extremely important. I highly recommend it, but you can't really do good outcome evaluation until you've done good process evaluation, until you really understand what's happening within the program. And, and that's where we tend to focus. We don't ignore outcomes, but, but we look at the processes. You can be 100% successful with everybody who goes through your program, but if you're only um, engaging and getting 40% of the target audience through treatment or through the, the program, um, you're only 40% successful. So um, that's where we like to, to focus. Mm. And uh, yes, I can understand that too, because you don't only want to know if something works, but what is working. And obviously that's key. Tell us a little bit, what did these, I think that when someone like me thinks about the military as an ordinary citizen, I think of people on the battlefield, you know, or um, the soldiers out doing their work. And we tend to forget that these are young people, many of whom are starting families, uh, um, you know, have children and that they have these unique issues. What, can you tell us just a little bit about what a family support program might do, say, on a military base? What are the kinds of of programs or services they offer? Most of them are focused on military stressors and and the issues that, that are going to be challenging for military families. Things like relocating the family every three years, um, the financial issues, the things um, associated with deployments and uh, family separations, um, and the concern and worry of, of injury or, or death as, as a result of a, a deployment. Um, there are programs that deal with um, child and spouse um, abuse. There are programs that deal with exceptional family members or family members with exceptional needs. Um, there are employment programs for spouses primarily, but also for, for the service member. Um, th there's a lot of different programs and services that, that are there, mostly addressing the unique stressors of, of military life. Well, that is really interesting to hear about how these program works and also your folks' approach. Um, one of the things that, that we're interested in and we think uh, you know, our listeners are interested in is what it's like to work on the ground, say, doing evaluation or doing applied research in practice settings. You alluded to some possible challenges, but what are some things you found, you know, both to be challenging and say working with a unique audience like the military doing this kind of evaluation um, and maybe any successes you've had in overcoming problems or perhaps I could word it differently. Um, if somebody were going to start to do re this kind of research in a military setting, what are some issues they might encounter in terms of doing the work? One of the first ones that comes to mind is the fact that you are dealing with a very mobile population. So if, for example, you're trying to evaluate the impact that a program or a service has on a military community during a one-year period, 
you're going to see about a 33% turnover in in that population. And there'll be issues with, um, for example, you know, what is the dosage that people are receiving? Uh, when do you collect data? Um, what would be a, a feasible comparison group to, to compare your findings with? Um, a lot of, of um, design issues in terms of setting up an evaluation that, that would be challenging. The other thing with military populations is that frequently you're dealing with a distributed data collection situation where um, you have a thousand cases, but it's coming from 14 different installations, for example, um, and you suddenly discover that there's this variable in your data set called site or location um, that has no theoretical basis for what it is you're trying to look at or study, but it seems to be driving everything in the data set and, and just a, this very powerful uh, variable that you're having to control for. Those are the probably the first two things that would come to mind. Um, and are there any issues in dealing with the actual people who are running the base or whatever? Does sometimes trying to do this kind of research get, get into conflict with other activities or that sort of thing? Or is it a pretty hospitable environment to do evaluation? It's a pretty hospitable environment. We, we start by telling people that um, we're not there to evaluate them or to do evaluation for them. We're there to do evaluation with them, that it's really going to have it's really going to require their expertise as well as our expertise um, to do this correctly and and to do it right um, and attempt to get buy-in from leadership and um, um, make sure that they not only are participants and understand what's going on, um, but are part of the process that, that's getting the job done. Um, we more or less use uh, Bill Trochum's uh, systems evaluation um, protocol or process. And, and what I like about that is that, first of all, it's extremely thorough. It really does account for all of the kinds of issues that you, you would uh, need to think about when, when doing evaluation. But the other part of it that I really like is that it's really focused on stakeholders and what each stakeholder is expecting from the service or the program and what each stakeholder considers credible evidence that things are happening the, the way they're supposed to be happening. Um, so combining the leadership of the program and, and that process, um, we usually get um, a pretty good result. Yeah, I will add for our listeners that Professor Bill Trochum is one of our colleagues here, an evaluation expert, and, hope, and we hope a future interviewee here on our podcast. Um, and that does seem to be a very powerful lesson that I think a lot of applied researchers find that these kind of partnerships um, are necessary to even have the project um, be successful. Brian, uh, um, a question occurred to me that wasn't on my list, but I, it, I find that I'm curious. Uh, are you having done this work for 25 years, um, have you noticed major changes in you know the composition issues? problems that military families experience over that time period, or has it been pretty much the same set of, of uh, concerns and issues? No, I, I think that 
things changed dramatically um, in roughly 2003 um, with the two um, major Gulf Wars, uh, Iraq and, and Afghanistan, and the level of troop involvement there, and um, the way they returned. Um, there were something in the neighborhood of, I forget the exact statistics, but roughly 2 million service members who were deployed and um, roughly 300,000 came back with um, traumatic brain injury, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, and various other um, missing limbs and, and various physical injuries. Um, and that, that really changed the, the whole flavor of, of family support programs uh, within the military. You have to remember that the military raises their own. Um, the, the service men and women of tomorrow are currently, for the most part, being raised in today's military families. And when you have issues of traumatic brain injury and post-traumatic stress disorder and the secondary trauma effects that, that are occurring with um, spouses and, and children, um, these are things that really need to be addressed quite urgently and, and really can't be put off. And um, I think there was a tremendous gear up in, in resources uh, during the conflict, but once the conflict was over, that all came back down to you know more typical levels of, of funding and and resourcing these programs, but that didn't mean that the need went down to to the typical level. Um, as a matter of fact, there's still things that that I think um, military family programs are dealing with. Yeah, I will say that my daughter is doing a clinical psychology internship in the VA system, and the enduring problems that people have are just mind-boggling. And you're right, it seems to have disappeared from the public eye, but the problems don't go away. Um, I mean, let me ask, I think you're touching on uh, um, perhaps my last question here, which is um, one thing we like to ask folks is thinking about this body of research and work and evaluation that you've devoted a, a considerable amount of time to. If there were a few things, one, two, or three things that you would like the general public to know about the issues you work on, what are some messages you might like to get across to them or ideas you wish would translate out to the real world? I, again, I, I think this is a very unique population to work with. It's, it's very diverse. Um, it... it um, experiences a lot of stressors that um, the the rest of the population does not experience. Um, there's a lot of unique challenges working um, with with this particular population, um, but there's an awful lot of rewards with, with working with them as well. Um, I guess if I could like change one thing, it would be that everybody or, or that military support programs were valued more highly and, and resourced more highly, um, and that the monitoring and evaluation that, that's done to make them better and make them perform better um, would be valued more highly and, and resourced more highly. Well, great. Well, Brian, congratulations on uh, such meaningful and exciting work, and thanks for joining us today, and we hope everyone will join us on our next podcast. So thanks for being with us. Thank you. 
For more information about translational research or the work of the Bronfenbrenner Center, please visit www.bctr.cornell.edu.